Praise Him. It's about that time again. It's time for the Bible and Coffee Podcast Show. I'm so excited you stopped by. Do me a favor. Sit back. Relax. Get your Bible and coffee. And let's listen to what the Lord has to say to us. Be blessed in Jesus' name.
the demonic things of this world. Amen? I said the people of God will no longer continue to be the refuge for the things that are demonic. Amen? I said the people of God will no longer continue to be the place of refuge for the things that are demonic in this world. walk in this walk that we have amen and it's very important that we are encouragers one to another amen amen so we'll go ahead and go before the Lord the prayer has already been prayed if you weren't in this place amen pastor already prayed for us he already prayed for the word he already prayed that people would be delivered amen but what I want to do in this moment before we even go any further into the word today what i would like is for each person to stand that is in the place and wherever you are uh as long as you're not driving out there on the, in the internet land <laughs> uh wherever you are please stand because we are going to start this off a little bit different in the words that i say i want you to repeat these words after me because sometimes the the adversary wants us to be boggled with a lot of things he doesn't care that you come to church he doesn't care that you worship God he doesn't even care that you praise God but what he does care is that when you take this word that has been given to you and you apply it to your life and then you begin to change now there's a problem now there's a problem so if everyone could just repeat after me Lord Jesus I am a sinner and I repent of my sins Come into my life and save me for your namesake. For yours is the kingdom here on earth 
forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give God some praise. Let's tell him thank you in this house. Let's tell him, Lord, thank you. I thank you for the opportunity to be able to be in this place with you. I thank you, oh God, for the opportunity, oh God, just to say I'm sorry to start this off, to be able to ask for forgiveness before we even go any further. You know, a lot of times I think in church we need to get to the forgiveness first. Amen. Some people, when they come in, we don't know what it is that they have been wrestling with and toiling with all week, even up until the point that they step foot in the house. And sometimes we make them wait until the end of service before they can even come to the altar of God. That's backwards. The altar should be open at any time. Any time that you feel the need to go to the altar, go to the altar. You don't have to wait for the call. You don't have to wait for the doors of the church to be open because the doors should always be open. Amen? We should always have the opportunity to ask God for forgiveness, to say, God, I'm sorry. Sorry for what I've done. The things that I know and the things that I don't even know, I'm sorry. Because when I come into the house of God, I want to be able to give God my full attention. Amen? And the enemy causes us to not give God our full attention. The enemy causes distractions. The enemy says before you even come into the house, he says, you know, I know, you know, I don't know why you're trying to go to church. I don't know why you're trying to come into the building because people, they're going to see that sin on you. They're going to smell that sin on you. But we need to tell the devil, so what? Who, who, who is without sin? Let them cast the first stone. And we know that that is none of us in here. None of us in here are sinless. We always sin it. But what we need to do is counter the thoughts of the enemy and counter all of those things with the truth. And the truth is, yeah, I was sinning yesterday. Yeah, I did do X, Y, and Z on my way to church, but I still came to church. I still came to get something from God. I still came because I believe that God is a deliverer and a healer to those who want to be delivered and healed. Amen? Amen. That's not even where I was trying to be. Where I was trying to be. Hear that? All right, so if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Philippians 1 and 27. Philippians 1 and 27. Philippians 1 and 27. And the word says, Hallelujah. Philippians 1 and 27, and it says, only, and I'm reading from the King James Version, and it says, only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of your affairs, that you stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel and not in any way terrified by your adversaries, which is to them a proof of perdition, but to you of salvation, and that from God, and that from God. For to you it has been granted on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for his sake, having the same conflict which you saw in me, and now here it is in me. That's the King James Version. And I'm also going to read the Amplified Bible Version. Because this, this lets you know that this is for you. Come, somebody say, this is for me. This is for me. Okay. Only be sure to lead your lives in a manner that will be 
worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I do come and see you or remain absent, I will hear about you, that you are standing firm in one spirit and one purpose, with one mind striving side by side as if in combat for the faith of the gospel and in no way be alarmed or intimidated in anything by your opponents for such consistency and fearlessness on your part is a clear sign, a proof, and a seal for them of their impending destruction, but a clear sign for you of deliverance and salvation. And that, too, from God. For you have been granted the privilege, for Christ's sake, not only to believe and confidently trust in him, but also to suffer for his sake. And so you are experiencing the same kind of conflict which you saw me endure and which you hear to be mine now. Which you hear to be mine now. So we know that the book of Philippians has a few recurring themes in it, the entire book of Philippians. And those themes are joy, mentality, fellowship, the gospel, and the day of Christ. But for the purpose of today's message, and my hope is to encourage each and every one of us to examine is the mentality of our lives and how we are sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ through our lives. How many know that sometimes we, our actions may be the only Bible that people will ever read? And so it's very important that the life that we are living and how we are conducting ourselves lines up with the gospel of Jesus Christ, lines up with the word of God. And, you know, I'm, I'm saddened to say that as Christians, we, we haven't been doing a very good job. We haven't been doing a very good job of, of living this life of Christ. I found out a few, a, a while ago, about some uh, people who appeared to be, they had this persona of Christians. They had this persona of this life with Christ. And, uh, and you know, and they, they were very, um, what's the word? Uh, well, not just convincing, but, I mean, they walked with this, this essence and this aura, right? And so people often, uh, oh, they're, they're, what they said carried a lot of weight in the church, right? So what they said carried a lot of weight in the church, and there were often people who wanted to be these people, right, who felt like, oh, you know, let me always seek counsel with these people because they hear from God. They have to hear from God. They hear from God. But then come to find out that they were just like everybody else and to some degree worse, to some degrees worse than other people. And so... And knowing what I know now and what I didn't know then is that we cannot always go based on what we see when we're in church on Sunday or when we're in Bible class or when we are in these gatherings, right? Because people can play the part when they're in front of their pastor. People can play the part when they're in the congregation, right? But are you living the part when you're out there? And so one thing that Paul, again, Paul wrote this book of Philippians. Paul, that's my dude. But Paul, one, okay, I'm jumping ahead. But Paul, but Paul said, let the report that comes back to me measure up to this gospel. Let the report that comes back to me measure up to this gospel. Which means when you're out there, you should be out there representing Christ 
And so when people come back and tell me about Deacon Clark, the things that they are saying matches up with the word of God. The things that they are saying should be matching up with the fruits of the spirit. The things that they are saying should not be contrary to what he presents in church. Come on. All right. We're going to get there. Tell your neighbor we're going to get there. <laughs> All right, so let's start this thing off. So mentality. 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 This is one of, one of our things that we're focusing on. So what, you, what I found interesting about the word mentality is that it is often viewed in a derogatory way. So everybody can do a quick Google search, and it shows us that mentality means a habitual or characteristic mental attitude that determines how you will interpret and respond to situations. The synonyms are your mindset, the outlook, type of attitude, mental attitude, a complex mental state involving beliefs and feelings and values and dispositions to act in certain way. So even just hearing this definition already kind of puts you in a mood, right? You're already expecting there to be funk. You're already expecting a bad, right? These give you kind of like a bad undertone to the word, right? Mentality, mentality. You already want to square up with somebody, right? You already feel offended. You already feel like if they say something, I got some words for them, right? Well, with anything, you just can't go based off of the first that paid advertisement dictionary uh, description of the word mentality. So, you know, somebody say keep scrolling. You got to keep scrolling. You got to keep scrolling. So the real definition, according to Marion Webster's, as of April 28, 2023, okay, the meaning of mentality is a mental power or capacity in intelligence. Now, this definition is more in alignment with what Paul was encouraging the Philippian church to be about. So you see how the devil is? The devil want to put the stuff that's going to get you upset in the forefront. The devil wants you to think mentality is something that, is, that we should not really be about. But the word of God says, no, you be about that. You have mental power. With your mental power, it gives you the capacity to understand the things of God and not just understand the things of God, but to stand firm on the things of God. The adversary doesn't want you to stand firm on the things of God. Think about this. Even in society today, when a person says Christian, I am a Christian, or when someone tries to talk about Jesus, or when someone tries to talk about anything God-related, all of a sudden, people's shoulders get all in a funk, right? They don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear nothing about that gossip. Oh, here we go again. Here we go again. Trying to make us feel as if we are in the wrong. But we need to be like Paul. And Paul said, no, I have that mentality that is in Christ. And that's not wrong. And it's not a derogatory thing. It's not a negative thing. But more so, the most powerful thing is to have a mind in Christ. Amen? Amen. So see, Paul knew that if the church was, as requested in Philippians 2 and 2, like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind, that the church would be unstoppable and that the gospel would do what the gospel needed to do, compel people to Christ. Philippians 2 and 5 says, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. 
And so we see how, again, the adversary is trying to tell us to sneak in there. He paid for that advertisement to try to uh, have us think that uh, a mentality, having a mentality of Christ is a bad thing. We're being combative. We're, 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 we're doing the most when really we are not doing enough. When really the church is not doing enough. When really the church is sitting on our hands while the devil is running rampant, not only in the world, but also in the church. So there is a divisiveness that is in the church today. And it all started with doctrine. It all started with doctrine. When Jesus walked around the earth, there was only one denomination. When, when Jesus was, was, you know, walking around, and when the disciples were walking around, there was only one gospel. There was only one denomination. And they all were together. And they all were proclaiming God, Christ. And they all were talking about the miracles. And they all came together and they all gave to each other so that no one would go without. That's in the book of Acts. And in that time, they were not saying, brother, what's your denomination? They did not say, oh, was it this or was it that? Was it Jesus or was it, was it, was you with Jesus when he was 12 or was you with Jesus when he was 32? They weren't asking those things because none of those things mattered. But as we went on and as we grew up and as we continued on the circle of life, then the adversary saw his, his, his opportunity. And now we begin to branch off because people's feelings begin to get hurt in the church. People's, people's, you know, weren't able to preach like they wanted to preach it. People's didn't get the titles that the people's thought that the people's should get. And so I'm a runoff and... Do my own thing. And so now this mentality was no longer the mentality of the gospel. It was no longer the mentality of unity. It was no longer the mentality of us working together for the common goal to bring people to Christ. But now it became the mentality of I got to get mine. I got to do me. And if y'all ain't letting me do me, then I got to carve out my own path. To do me. And who wants to follow me instead of who wants to follow Christ? And so Paul, even in this time, Paul was like, no, no, no. We got to be unified. We have to be unified. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter where I am. It doesn't matter where you are. That the gospel should be the same. The message should be the same. It's not about doctrine, but it's about the word of God. I'm not going to fight you about the word of God. If we're both in the word of God, why are we separated? If we're both in the word of God, why are we arguing? If we're both in the word of God, we should be focused on the souls that are lost and not the souls that are supposed to be with God. Come on. So our un so there is strength in numbers, which is why it is so important for folks to be around other believers and not just believers, but around people who are really trying to live their life for Christ. We have to stop saying God knows my heart, especially when we have allowed the devil and his crew to take refuge everywhere else. God knows my heart, but what about the minds? God knows my heart, but what about them ears? What are you listening to? What are you seeing? God knows my heart, but what about your mouth? What's coming out of that? God knows my heart, but where are your feet going? God knows my heart, but who are your hands touching? God knows my heart, but where, are your, where is your back laying? God knows my heart... But what are your thoughts? God knows my heart. But God just doesn't want your heart. He wants all of you. 
God just doesn't want your heart. He wants to be able to dwell within the entire temple. And so in order for us to do that, we have to be around other people who are trying their best to be about that life. You can't profess and proclaim Jesus, but everyone that you hang out with is rascals. The whole week. But on Sunday, hobnob and shoulders, okay. But what about the rest of the week? What about the rest of the time after you leave church? Who are you around? Who are you with? What are you guys talking about? What are you guys doing? What are you doing when you wake up in the morning? What are you doing during the middle of the day? What are you doing when you go to bed? What, what type of conversations are you having with these people? And I'm not saying that you have to preach Jesus 24-7, the gospel 24-7, because I don't even believe Jesus did that. He, he rested sometimes, right? Sometimes he sat down and he ate. Sometimes he broke bread. Sometimes he performed miracles. Sometimes he prayed. Sometimes he was by himself. Sometimes he was with the masses. So let this mind be in you. Let your mentality be powerful and, and saturated in the things of God, in the fruits of the Spirit. Let, your, let, let the people that you are in, around be people of substance in the things of God. You should always have someone in your circle, in your group, that is smarter than you. Because now you have someone that will challenge you and encourage you to go beyond your current state. And you should also have someone in your circle that is lively and can keep things, you know, joking. Because we can't be too serious all the time. We can't be so on that horse that we're looking down at everyone else. But even still, these people still need to have a mind in Christ. So our ungodly, not of Christ actions make it very hard for other people to want to choose Christ. So for people who are running around talking about I'm a Christian, but you're out there living it up, People say, oh, because you're quick to say you're a Christian. You're quick to say what church you go to and who you belong to, but you haven't been there in quite a while. But you're quick to say, I love Jesus and I have a relationship with Jesus. But does Jesus have a relationship with you? Just, I'm just saying, again, I'm trying to encourage us to get ourselves together, to get it together get it together so so we have to so we have to to know that and honestly why should they if we can't be unified in the gospel if we are not living and showing the fruits of the spirit it is only a hard task when you continuously have spirits residing in you that cause you to do things that are contrary to the things of God. These things also make it hard for the body of Christ to be unified in the things of Christ. But we first must be unified with Christ. So before we even worry about people, let's worry about our relationship with the Lord. Let's worry about satisfying him. Let's worry about you know, if we are representing him well. A lot of times we're worried about what our mom thinks, worried about what our pastor is going to say, worried about what our teacher is going to say, what grandma about to say, all these things. And we're putting all these levels of people before Christ. So our first thought should be, what is Jesus going to think of me? Am I representing him well today? I just said something that was out of pocket. 
would I have said that to the Lord? If, if this was Jesus, would I have said that to Jesus? I hope not. <laughs> I hope not. But it makes it very difficult, right? We have a lot of people out there in the world, a lot of celebrities who are saying that they are Christians and they are with Christ, but yet and still your, your movies are about sex. Your, your, your movies are about murders. Your movies are about all these things that are contrary to the will and the, the word. These singers out here, I want to first honor and give praise to God. And so now the whole world erupts because, oh, look, they Christians because they said they want to give. Well, no, the Bible says every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. So they're only doing what the word of God said was going to happen anyway. Gifts and, gifts and callings come without repentance. So I'm not amused and I'm not, I'm not tricked into thinking that these people are with Christ when their music is ungodly. Their videos are ungodly. The people that they hang around with are ungodly. They're doing all these secret things that are ungodly. And then they try to come back from it and now I want to tell all the things that were not of God, but you were still proclaiming God. And you were still leading these people astray, making them think that it's okay to be about this life because this is your job and it's money and it's entertainment and it's what I do for a living. But no, what we do for a living is to serve Christ. That's what we do for a living. My job is not what I do for a living. I live for Christ. I live to be united with Christ. I live to be in the presence of God. I live to talk about this gospel to whomever is willing to hear. I live to be in the, the kingdom and in the, in the company and in the presence of God. That's what I live for. My job is not what I live for because my job can change and it has changed over the years and it will continue to change. So I don't live for a job. The one thing that I find interesting about Paul is that once he was unified with Christ, he never complained about anything. He was locked up, but he was locked up with silence. And because Silas was unified with Christ, their praise and their faith set them free. So this confirms my belief that when you are connected with the right people, no matter your situation or circumstance, the right person, people won't drain you or cause your situation to be worse. But because they also are linked to Jesus, that when you get to Together with them, the power of God will always be in the midst. So I hope you are really thinking about the people you have chosen to spend so much of your time with. Are they helping or hindering your situation? Does their advice encourage you or push you to do better, achieve more, or do more good in the world? Or are y'all in the same funk? the same train of thought, doing the same actions as before. Has anything changed? Has anything changed since you be became around these people? Paul says in verse 27, only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of your affairs, that you stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. So I believe that God is still asking this of the church today. God's people, we need to be unified with Christ, not to the people bound to the world systems, but we need to be unified to the gospel, unified to God's word, and unified with the Holy Ghost. Thousands of years ago, Paul encouraged the church to not stray away from the gospel. And I am encouraging you all the same. Let your everyday actions reflect the gospel of Jesus Christ. Do not allow division 
in the church and always combat the lies of the devil and his demons with the truth that can only be found in God's word. We need to be unified in sound doctrine, unified in love, unified in kindness, joy, peace, forbearance, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Y'all know that's the fruits of the spirits, right? That's what we need to be unified in. And unfortunately, we aren't. The church has slipped away from the fruits of the spirit. It really saddens me the fact that there are so many people who claim to be Christians and their hearts are ugly. They don't, they're not joyful. They're not kind. It's chaos. It's chaos wherever they are. There's no peace. You know, people should be able to walk into your home and feel peace. They should be able to walk into your home and feel joy. They should be able to walk into your home and feel all of these things. And if they can't, you know, they, they'll mention it too. You know, there's something different. Or, you know, if you ever have someone that is able to just fall asleep in your house, people who have had problems sleeping, falling asleep they come to our house as soon as they sit on the couch they like we like thought you came to visit bruh they sleep oh man i mean i just didn't realize how tired i was we know what that is you got peace you have a moment of peace a moment of peace but again there are so many and those are the people that we don't want to be around. We don't encourage being around those. We encourage being around the people who are really trying to, to live this life. And, and, you know, and even when they do mess up, they come back and say, you know what? I messed up. I told you this, and I, I really shouldn't have said any of that. I should have said this. Forgive me. You know, they're quick to correct bad behavior. And, again, I'm not saying that we're just not going to have situations or issues because we will. Sometimes I, I have a I have a knee jerk reaction. Sometimes that East Palo Alto wanna come up. Sometimes that, that Oakland wanna show show up. And sometimes I let it. But then I gotta repent. Then I gotta ask for forgiveness. And I gotta come correct. You know, that that's trying. <laughs> that's trying. That's trying. To be right, right? I say I'm winning 85% of the time. Come on, somebody. <laughs> so that's life, right? <laughs> God, you know, I'm we working on my deliverance. Amen. Amen. Y'all working on your deliverance too. Amen. So, so we know that it is. Oh, and also I forgot, and unified by the Holy Ghost. And we know that it is the Holy Ghost that allows us to discern friends of God from enemies towards God's kingdom. And that's something that's really important. The Holy Ghost is going to lead and guide us into all truth, right? The Holy Ghost is going to allow our discernment to be able to discern between the, the, the spirits, the demonic spirits, Amen. The Holy Ghost is going to tell us, no, stay away from this person. <clears throat> and we are going to listen to the Holy Ghost. Amen? Amen. We're not going to say, oh, man, but I've known Solo since we was 12. Like, come on. That's Solo. Nah, the Holy Ghost is going to say, cut Solo off. And we're going to say, okay. But that ain't what he's saying. He's just an example. <laughs> The Holy Ghost is saying, no, let that brother in. Okay. But, the, but you know, and too often times because of how things are going now in this life, that, that water is so murky. The church is so murky. You come into the house of God, and there's no reverence for the house of God. People come in and, oh, what's up, girl? Da, 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 da. And it's like, no. 
you should have did all that outside. You should have been ready on your way here. There's nothing more important in this moment than getting into the house of the Lord, to be in his presence, to be around the saints. And, you know, a lot of people, you know, since COVID happened are like, oh, you know, well, we're watching online or we're doing this and we're doing that. But I'm telling you, watching online does not have the same effect as being in the house of God. We need to have that interaction with our brothers and our sisters. We need to have gatherings with our brothers and our sisters. Jesus proved that. Jesus showed us that. The Lord never intended for his people to be alone. That's why he created Adam and he created Eve. Because it was never good for us to not have companionship in this life. He gave us children. Because, again, we need to be able to focus on other things than all this nonsense that's going out in the world. So people who have children, count yourself blessed because God is giving you something else to, to mature and something else to grow and something else. You know, our children are our practice ministry. They're our practice ministry. When we're in Christ, we're supposed to be instilling all of these values and virtues of the word of God into our children. So if you have children, don't be worried about preaching to the masses and you're not preaching to your kids. Don't worry about being out there on the highways and byways when your children haven't been, been given the, the right foundation, right? Start, ministry starts at home, amen? Our first ministry is the ministry that God gives us, and that's the ministry at home. And if you don't have children yet, but you do have a spouse, you too are your first ministry. Minister, plant the seeds, support, encourage. Tell each other, hey, we need, to, we need to be about this gospel. We need to be about the things of God. We need to make sure that our life is, is living up to, to the word of God. And I'm telling you, I mean, it's not 100% every single hour of the day. But get as close to 100 as you possibly can. And when you mess up, clean up. Right? When you mess up, clean up. Amen. Don't leave it there. Clean it up. So the Holy Ghost is what gives us the mental power and capacity and intelligence to stand with God. To be unmoved and not persuaded by the things of the devil and his demons. Let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ. Paul said, regardless, if you are in my face or not, I should be able to tell if you are about this Christian life or not. I don't need to see you. Your actions will let me know. The report given by others will let me know whether or not you are really about this life. And that's what the report should be. That's what we should be as Christians to other Christians. The report that comes back is really going to let me know if you are about this life or not. If I have a conversation with your children, your children are talking about how you're yelling and cussing and drinking and smoking. What? And you, a minister in the church, we got a problem. Because the life should line up. That's right, pastor, the children will talk. And don't be mad at them children for talking because you, you shouldn't be doing the stuff in the first place. What they say, if you don't want it told, don't do it. If you don't want it to get out, don't do it. Don't do it in the first place. One thing that I always told people, and this is when I was, you know, coming up in the church. <laughs> Coming up in the church, I used to tell them, don't ask me if you don't want to know the truth. So I'm going to tell you the truth because I'm grown, right? We like to throw that out there. I'm grown. I'm grown. I can do what I want. Okay, well then, what you doing? If you're grown, if there's nothing wrong with what you're doing, you should have no problem telling people what you're doing. If you're not doing those things anymore, it shouldn't be a problem to tell folks. Oh, yeah, I used to do that, but I ain't doing it no more. Oh, yeah, I did that. 
and and by I'm not doing it no more don't mean just because you didn't do it in the last hour. People like to do that too. I ain't did that in a minute. Okay, 60, <laughs> 60 minutes. It's been a whole hour. I ain't did that in, in a minute. Okay. I'm going I'm I'm to want some specific. What's a minute mean to you? So we have to we have to make sure. But I always just tell people don't don't ask the question if you're not ready to hear the answer. And 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 I didn't hide things from people because I was doing them. This is that man. Yeah, so and so said that they seen you out in the club. I was in the club, and they, and they was there too, huh? Cause they saw me. Yep. Yep, we was both in the club. That's true, we danced, yep. And what? So that's the, that's the trick of the enemy. And I'm not saying, you know, do your dirt and still be in the church. I'm saying the report should come back. Nobody should be surprised about what is coming back. Nobody should be surprised whether, you know, you out there acting a fool or being right. It should add up. It should match up. Pastor Warner, people used to go and tell Pastor Warner stuff, and all he would say was, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, okay, yeah, that, um, well, yeah, that sounds like her. And your point is. <laughs> and what? And what? And that's how, it, that's how it should be. We should know each other. We should know each other well enough to know when people are telling the truth about you and when it's lying. And then call them on that, too. Like, uh, shut that down. Like, I don't know why you're saying those things because that's not my brother. That's not my, that's not my nephew. That's not my niece. No, that don't sound right. That, that's not what they've been doing lately. So that's not my daughter. <laughs> or, yeah, that's my daughter. <laughs> my son. But we have to, we have to, you know, be able to, to, change that mindset. Amen? Amen? So Paul was like, you know what I'm about. When people talk about me, all they can say is Paul is always talking about the gospel of Jesus Christ. There goes Paul again, redirecting the church back to Jesus again. And that is exactly how we need to be. I'm not saying that we need to be overbearing with the gospel, but what I am saying is folks should be saying you are a kind individual. Folks should be saying, you don't ever seem to have a bad day. Folks should be saying, when I need someone to pray with me, I go to. They should also be saying, every time I come around you, I don't have the urge to do this or that. They should notice that you, my brother, and my sisters are so very different from other people. This is how we share the gospel of life to others. Paul said in Philippians 2 and 4, each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. The word interest in this context means to excite the curiosity or attention of someone. So Paul is saying for us to not just be content with our own excitement for the gospel, but to get as many people excited about this gospel. When was the last time you were genuinely excited about the gospel of Jesus Christ? Sadly enough, there are those who come to church who have never been excited to share the gospel. They try to commit people to Jesus with anger and fear, causing people to not really come to know Jesus, to not have a genuine relationship with him, and causing demonic stowaways passage in the house of God and into the church. So we really need to be careful. We really need to be mindful of what it is that we're doing and how we are acting and, and just how we're presenting the gospel. So we need to really take our deliverance seriously. We really need to take our relationship with God seriously. We need to really start doing those assessments and checking ourselves. When we're facing a situation where we're yelling at somebody, we need to step back and think, why am I yelling at this person? And call out that 
demonic spirit and and send it back to hell. And it doesn't take a lot to do that because there's so much that is going on, right? So we need to start assessing these things because these things are keeping people from seeing the gospel in the church. If we're smoking and we have the urge to smoke, let's ask ourselves, wait a minute, what are we smoking for? And that demon needs to come out and go to the pit of hell in Jesus' name. If we find ourselves looking at things we don't have any business looking at, we need to step back and say, hold on, this demon needs to come out in Jesus' name and go back to the pit of hell. And I'm saying it just as simply and as easily as you need to say it. And replace those things with the fruits of the Spirit. So I would encourage you all, if you don't have the fruits of the Spirit plastered around your house, start plastering it around your house. So anytime these things happen and pop up and you're casting things out, calling things out, you need to also replace it with something. God, put it in your car. I replace this with this. I replace anger with joy. Come on, I replace chaos with peace. I replace fear with with knowledge and the intelligence of God. All these things. But more so than that, we, we need to make sure that we are coming together as Paul instructed. As Paul encouraged the church, and as I am encouraging all of let us come together for the sake of this gospel. Let us change what we need to change for the sake of this gospel. Let us be delivered from whatever needs we need to be delivered from, from for the sake of this gospel. Because we do have a directive once we come into Christ. And that directive is, is that we tell others about Christ. We can't just come into the fold and that's it. I'm saying, no, we got to get other people excited. We have to stay excited about this gospel and we got to get other people excited about this gospel. Because when they come in because of excitement, they're more willing to stay. They are more willing to, to buckle down. They are more willing to to put it all on the line for, for the gospel, for Jesus Christ, and, and tell other people. So we got to live this thing. We have to be unified with each other. We cannot allow division to occur in the church. We cannot allow division to occur in the body of Christ. And we cannot allow the world to dictate what Christianity is and what it looks like. We are what people should be looking at and towards in regards to Christianity. We are what people should be looking at in regards to the gospel because we are redirecting people to Christ. Every opportunity that we get, we are redirecting them to this gospel. No matter what it is that they are going through, we are going to throw the Lord in there somewhere. No matter what is going on, we are going to to have them go back into the word. Amen. Amen. Let's give God a hand praise. Amen. Hallelujah. Pastor Anderson and Lady J would like to express their appreciation for you taking the time to listen to our podcast. We would also like to offer you an invitation to join us for our services. To connect with us, simply send a text with hashtag connect to 916-545-1284 and we will respond promptly. Moreover, if you feel led by the Lord to support our ministry through giving, you can text hashtag give to 916-545-1284 and explore the different ways to contribute. Be blessed in Jesus' name.